dear viewer and listener and people doing neither. We are a Burkamp Wonderland and this week we are mostly a podcast of old men living on their own with their cat and playing too much time on their computer games. It's sad. This is what we ended up doing. This is how our lives have ended. We are surrounded by uh, felines, not females. <sighs> oh, John Welsh, you have it so so perfectly done. <laughs> right, I'm going to shut up and get on with it. Uh, with me tonight is the right reverend Raj Patel. I was trying to think of a clever, fun middle name for you there, Raj, and I thought I better not because you might put some kind of hex on me. I'm just here tonight to give the last rights to the football club uh, <laughs> that we all love. But uh, listen, thank you very much for sending me that Ferrero Rocher link. Uh, £10 for 42 pieces. I bought two trays. So did I. So tonight I'll be heading towards type 1 diabetes, everyone. Join me. <laughs> How have you been? What have you been up to lately? Well, since last time? I've yeah. Been, nothing. We're all locked down, aren't we? We well, can't do anything, you... so. Last time I've read loads done... of books. Watched, I watched Tenet last night, which was very good. Did uh, you get it first time? Sorry? Did you it first time? Because a lot of people didn't understand how time it's works. It's very hard, isn't it? It's very tough. It's typical Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, it took me three times to watch it, uh, to understand in insta Interstellar. So um, uh, I'll probably have to watch it again in about two or three weeks' time anyway. So, yeah, how are you, Danny? I am. I am very good. I have uh, Shama's home for a day to put up the the decorations, and now she's gone back, and she's back on Monday, and f she's back on the twenty first, and then she goes back on the fifth of January. So I might well be in prison for murder sometime about the third of January. <laughs> well, it looks like they're going to cancel Christmas anyway. So, oh, it's okay for us. It's just me. She gets a test before she comes back, and me and her mum don't have people come round, and my mum's coming over, and that's it. So, uh, you, do you get the new football manager? You said last time you'd done 400 I did hours. New football manager. I am with um, Brentford Ooh. in the championship. Um, still learning the game a lot. There's a few different bits this year, but uh, not, not doing too bad. I think I was about eighth last time I played it. Lovely. Right. Also joining us tonight is Chris. Chris, could you tell that I winged the opening to that and I had no idea what the next word was going to be once the first one had left my mouth? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I'm all right. I'm, I'm um, obviously in light of recent events, not the best, but I will say one thing. I'm, I'm slightly um, perturbed that I wasn't informed of this Ferrero Rocher deal. I have to say that's that's disappointing. I felt £10. I'll send it to you. Don't worry, Chris. I'll send it to you. Please do, because they are the elite of chocolatey goodness this time of year. So if diabetes is on the agenda, I'll take that over what we're watching in, in North London at the moment. So uh, I, think you should go, I, think, I think you should go for diabetes because then you'll get the vaccination quite quickly. That's also true. That's also true. See, small wins. It's yes. still £10 on Amazon, Chris. It's 42 Ferrero Rochers. One of mine turned up. It's all greasy underneath. But it's uh, but if you want to get the 30 of them, it's 45p more. That's the kind of bargain. It should be 15, 15 quid, I think, or 14.90. So it's still available, Chris. Sounds like a plan to me. What have you been up to? I, I see that you did a French podcast yesterday. How did that go? Was it all everyone on there crying their eyes out because Neymar has now got no legs? Um, no, actually, I was the, the lone voice um, defending him, weirdly, but uh, no, no, it's good. It's good. We, we talked about the weekend's games as usual and had a little bit of a chat about Jared Houllier and bits uh, oh, yeah. of Bob's. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was all good. And other than that, I have done literally nothing. Uh, <laughs> your intro was quite apt, just 
gaming, eating, and that's about it. I still can't run, so you know. Tell me about it. Question: well. I've got a question, Chris, for straight away. Actually, Gerard Houllier is mm. one of the very one of, one of the few managers that probably had a lot of respect given to him by opposing fans as well. Yeah, he was that kind of person, wasn't he? Yeah, the the tributes that came out, particularly from the ex Liverpool players. I think Chris Kirkland's was very good. Stephen Gerrard's was very good. He was a very liked um, manager, but he was a very liked personality in in the game. And yeah, but by the he, fans as well. Oh god, yeah, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. By other fans, not just Liverpool fans, but yeah, he, was, you know, he was never like, a manager that would Mourinho it. You know, he was never about sort of shithousery and making con- controversy for no apparent reason. He was always he would always talk about his club and only his club. And uh, and he did a lot for the French game in terms of the the technical side. Obviously, Arsene did a lot over here, but Hugo was quite a big part of that. And he's very well respected in France as well. So the the only downside is he was unfortunately the manager in charge when they didn't qualify for the '94 World Cup. So that's kind of the blot on the on his copybook. But yeah, respect wise, he was um, he was very highly thought of. So he was he was amassing quite a lot of trophies um, in his time at Liverpool. And um, if he hadn't had his heart problems, he would have probably. You would probably have got the Premier League yeah, in a couple of yeah. seasons. So it was it was a shame that his illnesses, you know, he went on to Villa after that, didn't he? And uh, yeah. he just quit then because yeah. of his heart problems and stuff. So it was very sad that um, he didn't yeah. attend, he didn't kind of get his full he didn't get he didn't do his full potential in, in the UK. You know, no, no, great. Um, done a lot more, but yeah, I mean, I've always I always liked him. You know, he was very yeah. kind of. He was just a regular manager who spoke very well after the games and stuff like that. So, you know, he was that generation though, wasn't he? Much like the um, the Crystal Palace manager, Roy Hodgson, that kind of Wenger, that generation of people who were who, who didn't resort to shouting and screaming to get their point across, and they, they just uh, kind of fathered them. No, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But, yeah, kind of mothered very them. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah arm round a player in the dressing room rather than shouting and hollering and the the, the quote I liked most with Kirkland was what he said that when he gave team talks when he walked into the room all the players fell silent and just waited and listened which which I don't think you would get in many managers nowadays like even the most calm uh sort of relaxed managers I think still probably lose their <clears throat> their rag from time to time but with him he said every time he would come in much like us and I suppose he'd just come in quietly give his instructions and, and then leave that would be it so yeah I thought that was quite interesting I don't think our players are going silent at half time when the manager walks <laughs> in. I don't think they are either. Absolutely guarantee you that. What a what a lovely transition that is. Mm. Where do we where do we begin, Danny? Would you like me to um uh yeah, you said uh it was your idea to get this for like a couple last couple of weeks ago we had Carl. I said to Carl, right, do you want to host it? Uh, who do you want on? And then a couple of weeks before that we had Josh and Josh said I said, who do you want on? And you've been saying for quite a while that you'd like to do one like the old days with uh, with Raj and, and me. I'm quite I'm quite happy that you said you wanted me on. That was nice. I was prepared to sit here and press the buttons. And we thought, let's go full old school and not even do it live. So mm. we can just chat like we used to. There's there's no so interaction. Pub chat. I've got, yeah. 80, I've got 84 Ferrero Rocher. So I'm, 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 I'm sorted. <laughs> Have you got an emergency number in case you, you dip into a, a sugar coma, Raj? Just no, no, I've got 10 cc's of insulin waiting in a, in a syringe at the moment oh, as well. Sorry, I'm sorted. Is that on a some kind of remote control that we can press it, press it if you start um, gurgling? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'll let, let, let Chris crack on. Go on, Chris. Yeah, well, I mean... Obviously, things are not good at the moment. And, and the main reason I, I wanted to speak to Raj because 
obviously Raj is, is is from sort of what I would say is like the old school in terms of that you know he's been around the block. There's not much he hasn't seen in his supporting days. Much like you, Danny. Um, sort of we're 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 a bit older than than some, and um, <clears throat> I wanted to kind of take it back and just look at the overall situation we're in really. I don't usually make notes. Um, I have to stress and, and anyone that's listened to me podcast will probably be fully aware that I don't make notes, but on this one, I wanted to, because there was, I just wanted to kind of bullet point a few things that have me irked. Um, and, and I am pretty angry at the moment. And I am pretty upset. And I know that there's the memes about the whole, a lot of people know my, my love for French football, of course. And it's like, Oh, you don't even watch games anymore. I genuinely don't. Um, and I, I, because I can't, I can't bring myself to watch what we're producing at the moment. Um, do I sort of have games on in the background? Yes. Do I pay attention? Yes. Do I go back and rewatch them afterwards? Often, yes. But just live games at the moment. If there's something better to do, I tend to do that, and I tend to watch football that I enjoy. And and that sort of brings me to where I've noted these things together. I'm going to just read this list to you, <clears throat> and it's kind of bullet pointed. It is a little bit lengthy, but I'll try and, and chop some bits off and, and then we'll just kind of have a maybe pick apart a few bits of it. So my main my main sort of first point that launches me into this is the FA Cup masked the inept league form and we all fell for it. And that that's and that's quite a big statement to say. But if you go back to the end of last season, Arteta's first game, I believe, was Boxing Day against uh, Bournemouth last season. We drew one all. We then went on to lose to Chelsea. Rather unfortunate, it has to be said. We beat Manchester United. We then went on a run of draws against Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, Chelsea and Burnley. Uh, we beat Newcastle at home, uh, a Newcastle side that had very little to play for. We beat an Everton side at home, just. And if you remember, it really was just. We we limped past West Ham at home 1-0, where we had that before. <clears throat> Got absolutely taken to pieces by Manchester City um, when everything all went a bit wonky. Um, we lost away to Brighton. That was Gendouzi Gate, of course. We beat Southampton away 2-0. Um, again, a Southampton side that were not in the best form. Similarly, beating Norwich at home. Um, and then we went away and beat Wolfside, whose season had finished. We drew it home to Leicester. Of course, we lost to Spurs standard. We did beat Liverpool, which again, I think, gave everybody that, that jolt of confidence. We then went to Villa Park and lost to Aston Villa and were inept. And we beat Watford on the final day. So in... in Overall, you look at those results and you think to yourself, OK, not too bad. All right. You know, transition. We've got the summer. So many things are going to change at the club. So where did we change? So the summer transfer business uh, I've written here, it's questionable. We sold our best goalkeeper. We froze out, we froze out uh, two of our, our better upcoming players in, in Ganduzi and Saliba. Whether you think that was right in Ganduzi's case or not, everything the manager said suggested otherwise completely destroyed William Saliba's confidence and any faith we had in him because we didn't even give the lad a chance to play. Full stop. He was named on the bench for the Community Shield and, and just didn't get game time. We had the summer of Edu promoting Arteta um, with almost zero CV to back it up. And again, that might sound harsh, but in the nicest possible way, Wigan won the FA Cup. You know, they got, they got through a couple of easy draws. They beat Manchester City with a massive performance in the final when I say anyone can win an FA Cup, you know what I mean by that. So largely a small CV, but what do we do? We go and promote him straight away. We won that FA Cup with largely defensive tactics. Whether you like it or you don't, it's facts. We parked the bus, we held possession, we got a little bit of luck, we took our chances, we won against Manchester City and Liverpool, was it? I think it was. Um, that's just that's that's just facts, just the way it is. 
since then, we had, funnily, since things have gone off the rail this season, zero communication from the owners since the summer. It's funny how this has occurred since the club's form has, has gone downhill, isn't it? It's funny how they've all suddenly gone very quiet. No appointment to the board, no new staff added. So we had all this talk about the shake-up in the boardroom, about the changes, about new staff, new fresh ideas. Nothing's happened. That's that's all just gone off the plate. I don't know what's happened with the scouting team. Seems to have gone. On that line, all of Arteta's staff, they're all yes-men. Um, one guy is, I, I mean, I've been a little bit harsh here, but I've written, he's so young, it's embarrassing for a club of our size and stature. I'm sure the guy is, I'm sure the guy is a lovely guy. I'm sure he's got lots of ideas, but there's no way a guy should be going into a, a high profile role in the coaching staff without any CV at all. I think he was found, I, I think he, he went and watched a few Manchester City training sessions. Great. You know, well done to you, but we're, we're not uh, an education facility. Um, Lack of management skills from the manager. It's a dictatorship. It's micromanaged beyond belief. Again, it might sound harsh, but look at look at what we've got in front of us. Look at the facts. Players are clearly not resp responding on the pitch, whether this is due to the understanding the not understanding the instructions or the inability to take them on board. Either way, change something. Nothing's being changed. It's the same old players. It's the same old tactics. It's the same old styles. We're getting mixed signals from Arteta. More than happy to throw players like Pepe under the bus, but he's quite happy to defend Xhaka and William regardless of their performances. Continues to not show faith in the young players despite despite claiming that it's a fantastic group to develop. I mean, we're not seeing it unless it's in a game where, you know, no offence to our, our, our Europa League group, but us three probably could have got, that, got through that on our own. Um, making statements like he'll destroy people who leak stories. For me, that's just plain stupid. If you leave out players, but you keep them at the club, what did you think was going to happen? So, in other words, you know, Ozil and Socrates being two. So you made it clear they had no interest in keeping them. You knew they were big, big personalities, but you kept them around at the club. Makes no sense. Um, internal discipline is gone. If you look at the dressing room, Ceballos and Ketia's little spat at Fulham. Ceballos and Luis apparently having a training room, training ground incident. The, the stories about Luis and, uh, Luis and Arteta not getting on, Ozil and Arteta not getting on, Saliba on Instagram, Pepe on Instagram, Socrates, the list just goes on and on. Unai Emery was hounded out of the club for difficulties due to communication. Well, what's changed under Arteta? If anything, I think it's got worse. Sure, he talks a good game, but what has actually changed? Nothing. Players have regressed under, under Arteta, something that I think people have really missed. Xhaka was never good in the first, in, never good enough in the first place, but he's gone back to his old ways. Bellerin had a good start to the season; has gone backwards. Tierney, I think, is a fantastic player, but he's regressing. You can see it in his performances. Özil, no, don't even need to mention it. Lacazette looks tired, looks fatigued, looks out of shape, looks out of form. Is being forced to play a role that doesn't suit him. Pepe can hardly get in the team. Our captain looks like a budget. I don't know what. Just completely outsourced. Leno. Can't even catch a football anymore. I don't know what's happened to the, the coaching or the development. So much regression. Don't worry, I'm nearly done. Um, the final three, no long-term plan. Despite all the clever sound bites and all this talk of the academy, there's no faith being shown in any of it. Instead, we just keep faith with players that simply aren't good enough. A long-term plan should revolve around a clear structure and a footballing philosophy and style. We have neither. Lineup, same old tactics, same old system, same old results. Nothing's tried or changed. Nothing has changed in-game. Substitutions are poor. Timing of them is poor. And unless it's a very last resort, we don't look to change a thing. And by that, I mean moving Aubameyang into central. And the final thing, you'll all be happy to know, 
play style. It's dull, it's boring, it lacks any creativity. It's There's no risk for reward. The pressing that we, we were so famed and thought was so great, that's completely vanished. We don't play out from the back. There's no speed in any areas of the pitch. So you can all say, oh, yeah, we didn't sign a creative player. There's no speed in any of this team. There's no direct play in any of this team. Even players like Pukai Saka, who's based around that style of play, is being throttled into not playing the way he wants to play. So good luck, Gabriel Martinelli, when you come back in. Um, and all the players are strangled and they're forced to stick to rigid game plans. This says to me, very Pep Guardiola. And that's where I'll draw my notes to <laughs> close. Um, so, Raj, I mean... <laughs> Anything I've said there that you want to pick up on or anything that you completely disagree with or feel free to add to that list because that's kind of where my mind's at at the moment. I think you might be muted. Um, I'm here now. I think you covered it all, really. I mean, I could have summed it up just by saying we're a cup team and Arteta's pretty shit at the moment, but um, you're a bit more detailed in, in your observations. I've got nothing more to add to that. I mean... We're in a, we're, it's, it's like being, it's like 2010 again, you know, we, we seem to have regressed a decade and, uh, and it, things are going back to what they used to be. I mean, I looked at on social media yesterday on Twitter and, you know, big chunks of the fans are now divided again, you know, and, and fan groups are having goes at each other all last night was happening, you know, certain fan groups blaming what, each other for what went on previously and stuff like that so it's not a good time for us and um you know i i, I still you know when, when we talk about manager i still feel that he should still be kept on until the end of the season but i'll get a horrible feeling the board don't agree with me and i think they may be making a decision very very soon um especially if we don't do well in the next two or three games, I, I do think I've got a feeling that Arteta might be gone before the end of the month. And they might bring in someone like Pochettino, even though he's a bloody Tottenham manager, to replace him. Um, and a lot of the bookies are saying the same thing. So, I don't know, Danny, what do you think? Um, I, well, I think you've got to look at the fact that, uh, that what's coming up next. I, I'd like to go through list, Chris's list and then just talk about all the bullet points, start with the top one and work our way through oh, and yeah. discuss all of them. I think that's a good idea. But um, I think what you said, Raj, how long is it going to be? Because it's all well and good if he wins against Southampton and then draws against Everton and maybe um, loses to Chelsea, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be four losses in a row. We are, we're not going to win. We are playing. We are rock bottom. We're playing the worst football. We're, we are worse now than under Emery. Now, I'm not, I don't blame Arteta for that completely. I said when he was given the job that I didn't want him to have the job because you don't ask and isn't the place where you come to learn on the job. He's only had one job as manager where he had one game at Man City, which they lost 2-1 in the Champions League. Other than that, he's got no experience. Too many players are coming back to their old clubs with very little experience. Even Lampard had, had a, a season at Derby and uh, um, Ole had a, a few seasons with Mould and then he with Cardiff and I think he went back to Moulder uh, and discovered Haaland, which was fantastic. But then it's going to be four losses in the next four games. We're not going to win. I mean, when you look at the simple fact that we're going, is it the players' fault or is it Arteta's fault? But then you look at the game and near the end of the last game, Aubameyang was running at goal, which is what he does. He's made a career of doing it for 
20, best part of 15 years. And he's running at the two defenders, which is his ideal um, place where he wants to be. And as he comes up to them, he slows down, passes the ball right, and then they cross it, try and cross it in. That's not what Aubameyang does. That's not, if, if he, that, that, that's not in his DNA to do that. So he's been told to do that. And all these constant crosses from, what do we have? 120 crosses in three games of which we scored no goals. I mean, uh, they've been told to do it. No, no footballer can be that stupid to keep doing the same thing over and over and over, hoping that it's going to change, because it's not going to change. Unless, and Aubameyang scored three headers in his Arsenal career. And I think all of them were un, under Arteta or somebody said that. I don't know. And then, uh, so that's not his game. And then we've got, like you were saying, Chris, you've got poor old Lacazette, who is running himself ragged. He's playing sweeper, midfielder, defensive midfielder, midfielder, attacking midfielder, striker, and playing the entire lot. You can't get a player. And then people are going, oh, look, Lacazette's knackered. And of course he's knackered. He's just spent the last hour running deep to get, remember like, like Sanchez used to do? He used to drop back into our defence to get the ball and walk it out because no one would give it to him. Not, he, he, was, he was so many levels above the rest of the Arsenal team. The only player that was on Sanchez's level was was Ozil, and we all know how that turned out. And so they've been told to do this. And I know that in the the final Emery days, Emery was scared of losing, and so he was playing such defensive football. The current Arteta football, he is so scared of losing. I think he's scared of getting possession. And I made a really good, which I think is a good analogy, Dan Raj, in case you probably didn't hear it, when Tom was on. I said it's a little bit like, I'll do the short analogy, it's a little bit like Arteta's making a cake and he's putting the ingredients in, start at the back, give to the defenders, give to the midfielders. And every time something breaks down, give it back to the the goalkeeper. Alan Davies pointed this out perfectly on on the Tuesday Club podcast I listened to last night. He said that he was, he was, they were sat um, near the corner flag or behind the goal, somewhere like that. And he said, at one point, there we had the ball in their half and we were pressurising them. And then the ball came back and back and it came all the way back to Leno. Now, you would think Leno would get the ball and launch it down there. Our players all ran 40 yards from the Burnley area, pressurising them to our own area to pick up the ball and start the process again. Goalie, defender, midfielder, out wide, break, it stops. And I wanted to get a piece of paper and write down Leno, Bellerin, Willian, Willian loses possession, back they take it, then we get it again. Xhaka, Willian, we lose possession. Corners, we lose possession. Throwing, we lose possession. And just write it down and see who is the last player every time that loses possession. And it all comes down to on the wings. Because when we were attacking, Burnley were going, right, we're sticking nine men behind the ball. Literally, and that's the literal word of the word, literally. That's what they were doing. So there's no way a Bumyang can go through the middle because there's too many players there. So they push us out wide, and that's the Arteta game plan. And they, they, they know that if they do that to us, that's that's all we can do, go out wide. And who are we going to get to head of the ball in? No one, unless Gabriel. That's why Gabriel is one of our top goal scorers this season, because he's the only one big enough to do anything from a court and go and fool Giroud. There you go. After that, um, I, I agree. Agree with 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 both of you. I, I think the the concern, well, one of the concerns I have as well, is that this has all been going on when there hasn't been fans in in stadiums, and and of course we know like London's not allowing, or, or certain parts of London's not allowing fans for for the games again for a while um, and there won't be any any there tomorrow looking at those fixtures so you don't you don't see a win from the next four Danny you were saying I mean Southampton are one of the most informed teams in the league who we play tomorrow it would be very like us to go and win that game and, and almost put a plaster over what's going on Everton I'm not convinced by 
and and again, this is all under the caveat that I'm not convinced by us. Um, Chelsea, they've lost tonight, but I mean, I just yeah, I, I can't really see anything coming from that. My my biggest sort of concern, particularly with the manager, is he looks he he looks to me looks like he's aging every single game, and it looks like he's he's now struggling to keep that you know the the duck analogy. Everything's come up here, but underneath he's just paddling furiously. And that's kind of how I feel. And I, I feel like he doesn't have an answer to this. That's my concern. An experience of what, how to fix it. And then exactly. the other thing that we, we see is that when um, things do go wrong, he goes classic Wenger. He's bringing yeah. on the wrong players at the wrong time. He's not expressing himself on the pitch the way that the players want to do. And all the things that used to drive us nuts about uh, Wenger in the Wengerlati is Arteta was there in those years. Arteta saw it all. And yeah. then, like you were saying, from fraud Guardiola, he's picking out the worst bits from Wenger, the worst bits from Guardiola, rather than learning from two of the most successful managers in history, he's, he's, he's doing the things that drive us crazy, like doing the same thing over and over. What, Arteta, what do you think is going to happen? How many crosses do you want to see failed before you go, not doing that anymore? What are we going to do? We're going to draw... When we got a player sent off, Chris Raj, in the in the um, the second half, we got a player sent off. That brought them out. They were attacking us, and that's what we should have done: draw them out, let them attack us, catch them on the break. Because Burnley aren't known for their speed. You see, some of their players are horrendous. Talking of speed, did you see that point where Bellerin was defend had the ball and he went to put the ball, kick the ball ahead, went to go around the outside of the player, and the other player ran off without him. And I thought, Bellerin, that's that's you done. You're, that's one thing you could rely on, your pace to get you out of shit. You can't do that anymore. That's what... Do you, that's do, another... do you remember that film, uh, Tom Cruise film, Live, Die, Repeat, The Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> where he yes. constantly re, uh, re, uh, relives the same day, but he gets better every yeah. day. Well, it's Arteta, <laughs> but he's not getting better. He's reliving the same game every time, um, and he doesn't learn. He doesn't learn. And... I, I, I like Arteta. I've got I've got no issues with him. I think we all like, like him. But but I said I said this in the last podcast. I, he was not experienced enough to take on such a huge job as as the Arsenal. It's a massive club, um, and he didn't have the experience. And everyone's just wanking themselves because he was an ex player. But and he'd been learning under Pep. But he hadn't learned enough. Um, and and I said I, I got I got shouted down last time a few weeks ago when I said. We should have waited a couple of years before bringing him to the club, you know. Um, but I think every every game that happens now, it proves my point. He's just don't think he's got the depth of knowledge to make the kind of changes that's required to to create a successful football team on any given day. Does, Sadly, he have the true. does he have the respect of the players? Because that's something Guardiola will have. No. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. He's just young. He's not. He's 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 quite naive. He's inexperienced, um, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't have had the. He doesn't have the respect like perhaps Arsene Wenger did. Even you know towards the end, he was still he still had the respect of the players. But I don't know. I just. I think I think in the next four games, if if we lose two or three of those next four games, I'm afraid that's it. I think I don't think the club the club the board will wait any longer. Because they'll be and, shitting themselves about. I mean, we won't get relegated. No, we're too big a club to get relegated. Although Villa said that once as well, and um, <laughs> it happened. But we won't get relegated. But the board might not think that, uh, and they uh, might that, need to try and repair the damage before it, before it's too late. 
that's something I wanted to ask you, Raj. You you've been obviously you've been to a lot of games and you've seen a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of squads under different managers uh, throughout the eras. I remember uh, back in back in the day when when George left and and we played for memory and I could be wrong here. I'm sure Danny will correct me, but I think it was Nottingham Forest was the first game we played after George had left, and it was at, at Highbury. Uh, I think Houston. I think Stuart Houston was in tr- in charge then. It was before Bruce Riop came in, and we basically we had to play out the the rest of that season. We were we were a mess, and I remember back in the days when my granddad was alive, and 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 we used to listen to all the games on Radio Five because this is way before Sky and everything like that, and and I remember looking at our squad, and I had like a team poster on the wall of, of that era, and and when George left, and I looked at that squad. And even as a young kid back in the mid nineties, then I just looked at it and I went, "Jesus, like this is a really bad team. This is this is before the year of the superstar players, but we just had a really bad squad full of sort of very very average players." And I remember thinking then, "Christ, whoever comes in has got a hell of a job." Do you look at that squad that we've got now? And I, I personally think it's a good squad. I, I don't oh, I buy into this. It's a great squad. I think yeah. it's, it's a better squad than what we had back back then. Yeah, uh, but I completely agree. I, it's ma- it's man management. There's a failure of man management. I don't know what's going on. I, I wish we, I wish I could tell you what what's going on. But it's it's like the players don't respect him enough to actually listen to his instructions. Yeah, and I think it because he portrays naivety and 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 he doesn't look confident sometimes that. Um, you know the, the the players prey off him, and they they just they just got to collect their weekly wages and not give a shit. And the, and the player should be blamed as much as the manager as as well. But it's, it's a better squad than the teams that you were talking about just now. Yeah, we've got, we've not, got some real not. quality. But you know, you know, Aubameyang hasn't scored a goal in ages. Well, he, he scored <laughs> on on Sunday, I know, but um, doesn't even look the like the right It doesn't look like scoring goal. But we've got some really good players. Mm. I've got no idea what's going on. I've got it's it's, it's and you're right. You know, you said you don't watch games and stuff. I've there, there, there'll be there's been two times this season I forgot we were playing, and yeah. I, I only managed to watch the last thirty minutes of, of one game and the second half of the other. Completely forgot because it doesn't. It, I don't lose sleep over it. Anymore. I don't spend days raging over a, a, a defeat. Um, even the Tottenham game, you know, normally I'd be sulking for two weeks because I've got Tottenham fans in my family <laughs> who have basically been taking the piss out of me since then, but. It just does. I'm just beginning to lo- lose that. You know, I don't know. I just don't really care that much. You know, I just it doesn't bother me. The life there's there's so much more in life at the moment in my life that Arsenal's not a priority. And no. It's quite sad actually. It's and quite that, sad, and, you know. And, and that's what bleeds into. I don't know what you think about this, Danny. You can have a go on this. This is what bleeds into my other statement when I said there, where it's it's not fun. You know, football is is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be that release, that escape from all the stuff that that is typically miserable in in your day. And of course, you know that you're going to lose games. And uh, you know, I don't want to go back to a oh, I miss Arsenal type of type of um, rhetoric with this. But at least with Arsenal, you you pretty much knew that. Yeah, sure, we would play good football, but we'd still go away and lose three 0 to Blackburn every once in a while. You you knew that would happen. You knew when his substitutions would be. You knew that there'd be an excuse if we lost. But you knew you'd get some bright spots. You knew you'd get some some decent football, some attacking football, and probably some naive defending. 
with us, like the, the joy is not there for me. Like I, I don't get any joy in, in watching us. And I know you're asleep for a lot of the day, Danny, but when you watch <laughs> games, like did you ever, I, I think Raj is exactly right. The Tottenham game for me was the one where I just sat there and, and at no point in that game did I once think we had any chance of getting anything out of that game. And as soon as it went 2-0, I was like, nah, I'm done. I mean, at 1-0, it was done. But at 2-0, it was definitely done. I just I can't get any joy out of it. And I and have to stress again, it's, it's not all on Mikel. And and I do I do like the guy and I want it to work, but it's got a it's got that feel that we had when Freddie left. It's got that feel. We had the brief upturn, everybody was enthusiastic, and then Freddie went, Do you know what? Pfft, fuck it. Have the kids, I'm out. I'm done. Do you know? And it feels like that. And I, I wonder if we might get the kids tomorrow night. So do you, I mean, do you get any joy? Can you like do you get any enjoyment out of watching anything we do? Because oh, I just don't. We're talking about knowing when it was over. All Arteta, if you're watching this, go and have a look at Twitter before the game because we're telling you what was going to happen against Leicester. We are telling you Vardy was on the bench. They are going to hold us for an hour or so. They're going to bring Vardy on. Vardy's going to do a Vardy goal. That's exactly what happened. We told you everybody knows what Jose is going to do. He's going to poke, pinch, pull your hair. He's going to call your names. He's going to stamp on your feet. And then the moment you're least expecting it, Bang, they're going to go. They've got two decent players. They're going to go down there and set up a goal. And they did it. And then Josie went, nah, right, everyone sit down, park all the buses. Eddie, go and do it again. And they went and did it again. If Spurs wanted to, they could have beat us 5-0. We had absolutely nothing. The chances we did have, we didn't take. But talking about, uh, you know, you were talking about when George Graham, do you know he only won one of his last 11 games as Arsenal manager, which is a 1-0 away at Coventry? I didn't realise how bad it had got. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um talking about what you do i'm actually taking more notice of games now normally i'll be sitting here i've got a 32 inch uh, 32 inch monitor and i'll watch all the games on here because it's close i'm gonna dump over to hardly ever turn the big telly on now and i'm sitting i'll be really close and i'll be watching the formations of play down the right hand side bellerin willian willian to elneny elneny to will um bellerin bellerin to willian then short corners in a triangle, cross it across, left-hand side, Tierney, Saka, little triangles. But it, it, it's like you've read a manual on what to do and it doesn't work, so you do it again. And we, we've said so many times already, why are you doing the same thing over and over? We're telling you. We're to, we as Arsenal fans are telling you, Arteta, what is going to happen. You're not fucking listening. Now, why, why are you not listening? And now he's gone from, from dropping Lacazette to moving Lacazette to playing Lacazette up front again and playing a bum young left and playing William Wright. And you've played oh, how many different formations? Is he, when was the last time he played the same eleven in one game after the other? I know he did it in the Premier League, apart from Party, but one game after the other. You can't go and have all these young players playing really well, and then going, oh, by the way, yeah, I know I've won six out of six. We played some really interesting football, but uh, we've got a Premier League game. You lot can get fucked because now I'm playing these fucktards that have meant we, we've won bugger all games. We've lost small games and we've we've won already this season. So none of you lot are going to get any kind of encouragement to go. Oh, here you go. Here's your reward for playing six game wins out of six. Balogun, you're on the bench. And we can have a couple of strikers on the bench to bring them on if if the current strikers that we have on there are doing nothing because they're full of um, like Balogun is is everything we're crying out for Balogun Nelson Willock all these people that have done so well for us what must they be thinking I mean you're not as a, I was looking at the ages Arteta's thirty eight and you look at the Arsenal squad. Louise is five years younger Socrates is six Merz Erzul is six younger William is six younger. 
You've got someone who is only five or six years older than you, six or seven years, telling you what to do as a pro. When really, what did Arteta do as, as a career, as a pro? He won the Intertoto Cup with PSG. He won uh, the title and, and the cup with Rangers. And I think he won one FA Cup with Arsenal. And that, that's all he's ever done in his career. And he didn't play for Spain. He played for the, for the youth levels at Spain. He's not really achieved much as a player. And then you look at the likes of Aubameyang, one of the greatest strikers of, of the modern era of football. Lacazette, another brilliant one. And then you've got all these other players that are, that are, that are the top of their game. Ozil, you, he's won the World Cup. And you, a manager who's done, never managed before, you've not really done much of your career. And you're telling a World Cup winner and, and one of the, the most creative, one of the most adored players in the world who, you know, I think he's passed it now and he just gave up years ago. You're telling all these people you're not playing. And like, we, like we've all thought for a while, for ages, that dressing room, you've got the clique in there, the Bundesliga bastards, as I hashtagged it the other day, that annoyed Drew. Sorry, Drew. Um, and it's since come out that it is Ozil and it's Socrates are the two ones that run the dressing room. Like well, years ago, we used to have a little Spanish clique, the French clique, and then you had the, 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 the English one, and you had all these little cliques going on. And you're not going to have someone who's been at the club like Ozil for seven years. And didn't, hasn't something come out with... Um, with Mainsley saying, oh, we're all behind Ozil from October. Hasn't this recently come out, a, a, a video of it, where he's saying, oh, we're all behind Ozil and we all, we, we, we all, uh, we all support him and stuff like that. You can't have someone of the status of Ozil in the squad and then you freeze him out. And the other player you freeze out is Socrates. And Arteta must know that these two players are the ones that run in the dressing room. And they're, the, the younger players are looking at Arteta and going, well, you're not letting Ozil play. The most creative player that we've had at the club in years, although maybe he hasn't done it much, but all these things are just adding up. And we need what the answer to this. I don't know if you agree with this, Raj. What we need to do in January, we give a free transfer to Urzel, Socrates, Mustafi, Kalasinic. Now get rid of them all because most of those have only got six months left on their contract and we're going to have to pay them anyway. So just say to them, go on, fuck off, off you go. Get those ones out of the dressing room, bring in, let some of the youngsters get more games and then Arteta can start to mould that dressing room to what he wants rather than having in the corner, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill whoever's let that out. And then they let it out. But you know that's not going to happen. You know that's not going to happen. It's more likely that he'll put um, Ozil back in the the squad. Yep. If he does that, that means he's lost. He's lost the battle of to show who's in charge. I think I think he will put him back in in January because, I mean, if he's still with us by uh, by then, it will be he'll be desperate for some sort of change. And then I know the one that he will hope that can change things around. But you know, we've got five games until the rest of this year, and then the next game in the new year is the second of January. We're away at West Brom. This, and that's this, where this, players can go. This Ozil thing is this is this is what kind of worries me about about what Arteta's done. When the uh, it's it's the double standards. When the the news came out in the summer that El Nene was coming back, I was like, oh, actually, that that's not bad. You know, he's gone out on loan. He played in Turkey. I watched a couple of games while he was out there, and he was actually pretty decent. He had a good season with Besiktas, and I thought, you know what, I quite like it when players go away on loan that are maybe not in favour and come back and get a second chance. I really liked that about Arteta. And I liked the sort the sound bites about, you know, it's a fresh slate. And then he gave the press conference where he, he talked about Ganduzi and he said, you know, um, yeah, we he admitted essentially that they'd had differences. He didn't exactly say that, that there'd been disciplinary issues, but he might as well have done. He alluded to it heavily. And anyone that's followed Ganduzi's career knows that there is that side of his game. 
Um, and, you know, he's a young cocksure chap, you know, and, and that requires a certain type of management. Just like if you've got, I'm sure Raj has had an experience of this, you know, if, if you manage certain people, whether it be in your line of work or, or in, in general life, you, you don't treat everyone exactly the same. We've all got friends that respond to being talked to in certain ways and not in others. And and he came out and said, you know, it's it's a fresh slate, um, and, and we'll give everyone a go. So, and within that same same time frame, Lucas Torreira was shipped out to to Atletico Madrid. I understand that because that freed the gap for for Thomas Partey. And then before you know it, Gunduzi is, is off to Hertha Berlin. And and I just think to myself, like, okay. You've, you've said one thing, and I appreciate what you say in the press is not always going to be what you say behind closed doors, but you, you've led us into thinking you want to give these players a chance. You've then shipped a guy off who, looking at, at our squad with certainly age profile, is he's one of our most sellable assets if you know if he's playing well, which he is in, in Germany at the moment. So you, you've immediately sort of said, well, I don't fancy this guy, so that immediately drops his valuation. No, None of us sit here and think that Ozil's the answer long term, but he couldn't do any bloody worse right now. And and I, and I think he's a player that, you know, is he lazy? Yeah, absolutely he is. Is he going to track back? No, he isn't going to track back. It, but is that his game? No. You, you're talking about signing a creative number 10. Well, what do you want them to do? You want them to track back as well. I don't want he's us... He's not going to do a Lacazette in that position, is he? No. And I don't want us to go out and sign Hussamoa, one of the best attacking creative midfielders in, in, in France, who, by the way, is quite a moody chap and has a few disciplinary issues himself, I don't want us to go and sign him and plant him next to Xhaka. What's the point? You know, and, and that th- this double standard thing really gets to me. He's crushing Pepe's career, and, and that bothers me, obviously, from my bias of, of where he's come from and, and the player that he was at Lille, but he's absolutely crushing a £72 million asset. Whether you think he's worth £7 million or £72 million, we are going to pay £72 million for that player. His sell-on value at the moment, if we if we open the, the valuation now and we said, right, we're taking bids, we wouldn't get 22. We just wouldn't. And is that because the player's crap? No. Is that because the player's not not worth a good transfer fee? No. It's because his, his portfolio in an Arsenal shirt is average at best. It's like he never watched him play for Lille and see what he does. He probably didn't, is the truth, because he has this mentality fine. that if you're an Unai Emery signing, look at Saliba. If you didn't come in under me or you're not one of the guys that I know, you know, from my time here before, I'm not interested. And and if you don't, and if you don't want to, and it's all very well with this whole Sergeant Major, you know, teacher attitude of, well, we're all in the same boat. We do it my way or my way or the highway. As you said, that's fine if it's coming from Jose Mourinho. That's fine if it's coming from Carlo Ancelotti. That's fine if it's coming from George Graham. It's not fine if it's coming from a guy who, no offence, you've done fuck all. You, you are literally a nobody in managerial speak. You're a club legend. You're, you know, you're, you're a, a thoroughly nice bloke. You're an excellent captain. I thought he was underrated as a player for us. I always liked him as a player. But as a mm. manager, you earn respect. You don't just come in and say, right, well, it's my fucking way or piss off. Because you won't have a club. And, and these players that he's frozen out, when you have got a player on Instagram, a public forum, basically saying to his friend in Germany... Yeah, I've been frozen out like you, brother. You know, okay, that wasn't the smartest thing for William Saliba to do. But he's but 19. He's 20. 19. And this is a guy that we refused to let play a cup final because he was so integral to our future. And now he's playing reserve team football. And you, like, it, this, it, do you know what I mean? I know I've got a bit off, off the cliff there, but. It's true. 
you know, so what do you what, what do you want? What what do you want, Chris? What, what what do you want to happen in the next few weeks? Oh God! I what mean, what do you I, expect to happen in the next few weeks? I th- I think I think you're right, Raj. I, I think they'll stick with him because I think there's too many egos above him to admit they were wrong. And I think plus then you just bring in another manager who's then got Wenger, Emery, Arteta players that he probably doesn't want. But look at but look at what I hate. I hate giving him credit. I hate giving him credit. Look what the twat down the road has done. That squad is average at best. Any anybody that says to me that Tottenham squad is better than Arsenal's, I don't buy it. They've got no. three players that are better than what we have right now. That's the goalkeeper, the centre forward, and the cheating little rat on the left wing. None of those other players would I take in Arsenal's starting lineup. I mean, right now I'd probably take the lot, but you know what I mean. And he's you know, got that bloke from Southampton who was who was nothing special and made him the linchpin of his team. Exactly. So, I mean, what I want to happen, I, I, I don't think, I don't know, I can't see how Arteta gets through this without things getting a lot worse because he's not going to come out and say, do you know what, I was wrong. I don't think he's going to change his ways and I don't think our board or the people above him have got any sort of backbone to, to make a, an informed decision. And, and if you bring in, you know, say you brought in somebody to support him because, like I said about the staffing, all of his staff are yes men. Imagine if we mentioned Gerard Julio at the start of this, this podcast. When, do you remember when he came into Liverpool? He came in alongside Roy Evans and there was this joint management team. Can you imagine if we did that? We brought in somebody to help Arteta. How weak that would make him look. The, the, to answer your question, Rajal, what I, what I see happening is they stick with him and we, we spuddle our way through December and January, probably getting, because we are too good to go down, I agree with you, and I think we'll, we'll scratch together a few results. It will paper over the cracks. We'll get to January. We'll probably spend the entire of January chasing a player that we don't sign. We'll end up with Phil Jones on loan to the end of the season. We'll get to the end of the season. And then the board might actually go, actually, do you know what? It hasn't quite worked. But it's, it's too late by then. We're still in European competition. There's, there's still, this, this season is a mess. Anybody can win this title. I'm not saying we're remotely in that, type, that talk. Don't get me wrong. But I, I genuinely, and I, I hate saying this, and I've never been this type of guy, but I would change it now. I would, I would change it now, and I, I don't, I wouldn't like Pochettino much like you, Raj. I, he's got Tottenham stain to me. I'm a bit old school in that regard, but I, I would get someone. Lucian Favre's just gone from Dortmund. I, I'd get somebody who's got actual experience of a dressing room and has got genuine managerial experience and and a, maybe a bit of firefighting in them, and say to him, "Look, you come in end of the season. If it goes well, we'll sit down, we'll talk again. There's no guarantees, there's no promises." Um, what's more likely to happen is we stick stick with Arteta at the end of the season. Thomas Tuchel will probably lose his job at PSG when they when they end up at the Champions League, and we'll probably end up with him. <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of how I see it going. What would I'm you not, do? I'm not, I'm not too sure the board will wait that long. I'd, I'd love them to wait that long. To be quite honest, I still want to give the man time. But if these next four fixtures go tits up, then I think um, we'll be looking for our third manager in two years by the end of this month. What do you think about the board? Because you, again, you you you've known, you know, from from the sort of from the old school generation, you you know a lot about how the inner workings of the club and how things are run. Some of the characters have been involved. What what do you make of it's, this? It's, it's a business for them. It's nothing more than that. I don't I don't think they you know, so long as the money's pouring in. I mean, I don't know what the, their accounts are going to look like this year. To be honest, <laughs> I think they'll be recording a deficit you know, like most other clubs, but. It's it's not about the football for them. It's 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 a business, and it has been for since Cronky took over, really. Um, although 
I don't know how how they're going to address their finances over the next twelve months. Um, and I just honestly, I, I've kind of given up. I've, I've lost the will to live when it comes to this <laughs> club. <laughs> Thank um, you, Arsenal. And, and you're right. You know, I, I do watch. I do watch the games. It's it's not the same without crowds and stuff. And you know, there's eighty, ninety thousand of us who used to go to games and stuff like that. Even if it was just once a month or twice a month. Who, who missed that and that was part of our lives and stuff so there there is that mental factor of, of not really wanting to watch football in, in the way it is now and especially the way we're playing as well but in some ways the the, the players are lucky that they haven't got 60,000 fans yeah. watching them play because they'd be murdered they'd get murdered by the fans you know the, the way they're playing at the moment so do you think that's... Some, do you think do you think if if there were 60,000 fans watching them they might put a bit, bit more of an effort in. Oh, the right. letter of complaint. Well, you you look at the games at the weekend that had fans in. You there was a noticeable change, wasn't there? Like Everton overperformed, I thought against Chelsea. Fulham, uh, Fulham. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's. But the trouble it's more is, Asian, but they were so loud. Yeah, but this is the thing. Then you look at Arsenal, and and you you. I mean, again, not being on Twitter is a bit of a blessing at, at the moment. But all the reports I heard. Was that you couldn't hear any of our fans? Yeah, nobody gave a shit, and and yeah. that's and that's the apathy that we are here. Um, I like you, Danny. I listened to Alan Davis' podcast, and and he was saying that that the stewards are still being, you know, stewardy, shall we say? And I get, you know, I get it's their job, but it's in your fucking pockets. Jesus well, and, and stick sticking them in, you know, in the lower tier. Yeah. Oh, you can't go in the upper tiers. You can't sit here. You can't stand there. I mean, it, it just everything about it. It is rotten. I, I do. I do think the fans would make a difference, but what if 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 this if this was different, Raj, and you had fans there? Because we always get this argument every time we do a podcast about anything controversial. We always get the same argument, and to a degree, I I understand it. The vast majority of people who are who have a voice on social media are not the people paying to go and watch the games. So, do you do you actually think that there would be? An apathy because there was booing the other night, wasn't there? There, there was no, no, there, there wouldn't be an apathy. I'm just saying that because they'd have 60,000 fans on their back, they'd probably play a bit better. Because, mm. um, you know, the fact the fans at Emirates can be quite brutal at times, and they, you know, I've seen plenty of instances where the Arsenal team's been booed off at half time and full time quite a, quite a lot over the years, especially mm. in the last 10 years. So I think if you had 60,000 fans breathing down their backs, they might put a bit more effort in. Um, but it's not But it's not, It's not. not an excuse. There shouldn't be an excuse for, the, for them to be playing poorly because they're still getting paid their usual whack of money, basically. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... That is I'm the noise, sorry. isn't it? Just It's just like... And how, how can it go so wrong? This, this is what I, I can't get my head around. I can't work out. And it almost feels like the more power that Arteta's got and the more he's having to juggle, the more he's taken his eye off what worked when he first came in. We were we were better defensively. We had a, a structure. We had some formation of a, a style of play to a degree. It wasn't brilliant, but there was a, a, a focus. It just feels like the more the more he's got to juggle, the more he's got to do, it's 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 going further and further wrong. And and again, I'll stand by what I said when he first came in. I was I was all for it. You know, I praised him. I was like, "Yeah, this is great. We, we, I can really see a future under this guy." So I'm not, I'm not being sort of, you know, I'm not denying the fact that I 
that I was 100% behind his his um, you know his appointment because I was. But at the same time, I reserve right to change my opinion because what we're watching now is is not what we were watching when he came in. And and when you when you lose senior players, when you have a situation like we had with Xhaka the other night, did did you not think like after the Pepe incident, surely he would have got the players together and said, look, you can't do that. You, know, you can't have a situation where you lose discipline because we're in a bit of a struggle here. We're not in great form. You can't lose your heads. When you've got players, and then they should have walked as well. When you've got players actively, you know, grabbing professionals by the throat in a mat, that speaks of unhappiness a lot deeper than just an, it wasn't just an in-game moment. It was, I mean, it's classic Shaka to be fair, but it, it smacks of players that are, just completely gone, doesn't it? Like, just the discipline is gone. Maybe, maybe the players have taken over the dressing room. Simple as yeah. that. They don't, they don't listen to him anymore, and they'll do what they want. You know, um, and it's showing. It's showing on the pitch. You know. Yeah. I don't think he's. Got, I don't think he's got the the strength to to really. What a goal by Man City! Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least you're enjoying uh, something. <laughs> no, it's just a great move. Yeah, I wish we could play like that. Bloody hell! Um, <laughs> now I'm even more depressed. I should switch the switch it off. But what was I saying? You know, he's, he's lost the players. I mean, and the players don't respect him. He doesn't have the strength to to enforce his will on them. Um, and I just think he's just ill. He's not suited for for, for Arsenal or for are any they, big team at the moment. Are the play? Uh, and before I say this, uh, another vengerism: bringing players back too soon from injury. You thought he'd have, after playing alongside Ramsey and Wilshire and all that, like you wouldn't have done it. If it had worked, it would have been a masterstroke, though. Raj, do you think? Um, oh, what was I going to say? What did you just say? God, I've forgotten <laughs> already. What did we all I'm, say? I'm, I'm just rambling now. Losing the dressing room, Danny. Losing the players. Losing the. I've lost this podcast. <laughs> That's where we were. Losing gets up there. It's going to be a matter of results. Do you think, like, that's it? At Chelsea, it was a known fact John Terry led a, a revolt every time he didn't like the manager and got the managers out. Do you think there is a play revolt going on and, there, and there's some players, some cliques deliberately trying to get the manager out and that, that no matter what Arteta does, he's not going to get the players back on side? Possibly, but they're, they're, Abram, Abramovich doesn't own the club and uh, I don't think Kroenke gives a shit what the players think. Yeah. So... Uh, He's not going to fork out millions of quid in, 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 you know, paying Arteta off and getting another manager in. So we've got that problem as well. There's the finance side of it as well. So how, how many years is Arteta signed for? Three. I think it's a three-year. I think it's I think it's a three-year contract. Yeah. I don't know. I don't um, remember. Um, looking at something we were saying before the pod, um, talking about finances. I said, look how many, uh, say the Cronkies don't care. And people go, well, of course they care. It's a multi-billion pound bit. How many times, um, Chris, have we, been at, have we been had by people, whether it's agents, whether it's uh, whether it's um, Toadface, or whether it's Kia Jurabkin, or, yeah, he was one who's gone, isn't he? Um, yeah. Ralph Stanielli, all these people that have come in and have milked the club. I mean, the, the Pepe deal, the, um, the, the new contract for Ozil, the new contract for Aubameyang. If, if, if they were businessmen, you'd look at that and go, hold on, uh, Bamian's on 180 grand a year. 
I mean, a good year, we wish. He's on 180 <laughs> grand, give or take. We don't know, actually. We don't know what the bonuses are. I doubt very much Aubameyang got 180 grand put in his bank account every Friday at midnight, did he? No, I doubt yeah. that. But just take it for that. that he's on 100 grand, 180 grand a week. We all know for a fact that his agent touted him for all the big clubs in Europe. They either didn't want him, they couldn't afford him, or, the, or, or they didn't want the wages. And mm. so then he comes back to the club and goes, yeah, I'm actually going to stay. It's not like an Ian Wright, where Ian Wright says, okay, I, I, any, any contract you can put in front of me, in front of me I will yeah. sign because I want to stay. It wasn't that. We know that Obama Young was touted around everywhere. And so yet another time we've been done over by people. Now, if I own that club, I would be involved in every transfer deal, every contract deal, every every single aspect of the club I would be involved in. And I'd be there in the room and go, what? You want 350 grand from 180 grand when no one else wants you? Or we'll give you 225 and we'll pay you the rest in bonuses. Maybe that's how they do do it. How many times have we been fucked over as a club financially? We're in the hole for 72 million. Like you said earlier, Chris, we're paying 72 million. It doesn't Hmm. fucking matter whether you moan, whether we sell him on. We still have to pay 72 million for the next four seasons, three and a half seasons uh, uh, to to Lille, the structured deal. We can't go back with the receipt and go, actually, it's don't really like it it didn't fit can we have our money back because they're gonna go french for fuck off and we funded lille are currently top of, of Liga, so we yeah. basically funded lille rebuilding their entire squad and building a title challenge in a league where apparently only one club wins it funny that um, the bigger question with, about them with the money we gave them they bought a really good player who then took over from um pepe they bought, they they bought five good players they bought yeah, five good players then they flogged him to Italy and then used that money and reinvested it into more good players. Like Arsenal used to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, th- but this is what concerns me. Like, y- we get the same old argument time after time. Oh, you know, you can't blame Arteta. Look at what's going on above him. But you can blame for what happens on the pitch. Whether the players, like, like I said earlier on, like we both said, that squad is not a bad squad. It's very it, it's good not, squad. It's got goals in it. I mean, how many yeah. Premier sides would kill to have the likes of Obama Young and Lacazette in their side? But there isn't with all the young kids. But there's no leadership as well. This is what these the, the two big questions I'd have been asking about the the Obama Young deal. I wasn't I wasn't against it. I'm still not. You know, you keep your best players. I don't. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not signed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against the idea, and I still think he'll you know he'll get through this funk because he's he's a good centre forward and and he'll come through this. But what concerns me with with Aubameyang, and, and I said this when we signed him, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, he's a character that thrives when things are going well. He's a he's a guy that that works when he's happy. And my slight concern with it, the only or the, the big concern I guess I had when he did sign was, yeah, I was happy and everything. But like you said, he was touted. He was very keen on Barcelona. Maybe it was actually him that looked at it and went, Do you know what? Actually, this is kind of the easier gig. This is the easier money, and I'm not. I'm not questioning his 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 um, his ambition or you know his his uh, desire to play for the club. I'm sure he. I'm sure he does love the club. I'm sure he's quite happy. But but it was an easier an easier option, wasn't it? The harder option would have been to go to Barcelona, who are in a mess themselves, so and rebuild their full line. Yeah, and and play second fiddle to Messi. You know, whereas at Arsenal, it, it's pretty cushy. It is pretty cushy. The same reason Urza went. You're not going to play me at the, the sport I, I got basically my career from. Oh, well, never mind. My mates are still here. I can still train. I'm in good shape. You know, lovely wife, lovely house, lovely family. It's all good. No worries. Because, you know, because it, there's, no, there's no reason to move because everything's very comfortable. 
and th and that would be one thing I'd question. And the other thing I would have questioned as well, and and I will hundred percent stand by this. I'd have said to him, "Yeah, we'll give you your new deal. That's fine. Three hundred fifty grand, no worries." But the one thing that doesn't carry on is that captaincy. You did a great job for us, and I appreciate it. And thank you very much for for leading the team as a senior pro. But no, 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 no. Th that that's no. You're a striker. You're a centre forward. Your job is get goals. I don't want you to have all this other all this other burden on top of you. You know, you can be a dressing room leader without a captain's armband. We need a, a, a proper focal point. You mentioned John Terry. As much of a shithouse as he was, he's one of the best captains of, of, of an English Premier League team I've ever seen because he led by example. Steven Gerrard, another one. You know, Adam's probably a bit before the, the Premier League days. But you need, if you look at all of the big clubs, they've all got a proper captain. We don't. And that's kind of symptomatic of everything about where we are right now. Harry Kane, you know, you know my thoughts, but he's a captain. His team talks are probably quite hard to understand, but mm. he's a captain, you know, and 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 he lives and ble lives and, and bleeds that club since he started supporting it after not supporting us, maybe. But um, you know, you, like you you need and and that would have been where I'd have put my investment. I would have gone in and, and said, right, we need to go out and sign a captain. You could have made Thomas Partey captain. He'd have given you more leadership than what we're getting at the moment. Whereas Albert at the moment, to me, just looks like a guy who's going, well, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. Drew, Drew said that when he left Dortmund, Dortmund were, were having a bad run. And he said, you don't want this bloke as your captain when things no. aren't going right. Went missing. Drew's right again. Went missing. You know, and, and, and again, that's not to say we're not grateful. That's not to deny the yeah. fact that he basically carried us for six months. He did. Still one of our best players in, yeah. in the last decade, easily. Yeah. But you, but you can't rest on your laurels. Big clubs evolve. Big clubs move on. You know, Liverpool had the best front three of anybody last season. What did they do in the summer? Went out and bought Diego Jota. What's what happening now? Is out, of, out, of, out of form, they bring in Jota, you know? Van Dijk's injured for a season. What will they do in January? Probably go and buy a, an experience. Exactly. <laughs> if only. You know, it's just... Raj, we, 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 we need someone, we need someone, it's Arteta or whoever else, to, to make use of this squad because the days of buying a £72 million Pepe are, are over hmm. for the time being. Because our How long will it be before we break that record? <laughs> Never. It will be a while because, I mean, you know, the projected income for just match day revenue for this season is a fifth of what it was three years ago. So they're projecting £20 million of match day income. And that was, that was a projection which I think they've got wrong now because and I'm not, and I'm not blaming them for getting it wrong because we don't know how bad COVID was going to get or get worse and stuff like that. And obviously we're now in tier three, so that means the stadium's uh, closed down again. But at the end of the 2019 season, our match income was 96 million and the projection projection for this year was is 20 million. We're going to have an overall drop of about 70 million pounds in overall income and recording a loss of around 85 million pounds for the season. And yet, if you look at the bloody wages, They've only gone down by 20 million over three years. So 235 million in 2019 and 212 um, for this year. So they haven't actually dropped players' wages down to make up for the deficit in income. So, you know, those you would hope that the contract negotiations, any, any future contract negotiations will be quite tough. And the, the players asking for £350,000 a week won't get it, won't get it. And, you know, and it wouldn't be surprised if you get, you know, Cronky decides to sell Aubameyang just to try and 
get rid of his wage and, and, and get some money back in the club because it's looking, as I said, it's not, not just Arsenal, it's everyone, um, but it's, it's looking a bit bleak for the next year or two. Mm. And he, you've, got to, you've got to bear that in mind. So the, the, the quality we have, we've got 300 million quid plus of worth of players in our, in our squad. Someone's got to make that squad work because we may not have the opportunity to bring in even better players and stuff. And next summer could be a, a bleak for a lot of clubs, including us. Would you would you chuck the kids in, Lush? If you look at yeah. the game I said to my friend the other day, I said, I'd be a lot happier if we were just testing the kids now. Yeah. You know, just throw the throw the kids in. And you're quite right. They've done such a good job in the in the in the uh UEFA Cup, the whatever you call it now, uh Europe League. Yeah. Europa League. Why not give them a go? Because basically yeah. we've lost four home games for the first time since nineteen fifty nine. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing to lose now by giving them, them a go. The, 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 you know, why not? I, I'd be a lot happier if we were losing, but, we, you know, these kids were running around the park. And, you know, and these kids will, will, will play without any fear yeah, because they're not used to this pressure. So they'll just play like kids do. That's um, my, other, give, give that's my other concern. That's my other concern, though. Why is it that in the Europa League, these players are being given the freedom? And the license. Do you think it's because Arteta is actually looking at the opposition and going, well, you know, they're not all that, so I don't have to be quite as rigid with my system? Because it's the same manager in the dugout for both games. It's not like we give it to the assistant coach for a game. It's the same manager, and we're, we're he seeing. Does, he, probably does, he probably doesn't time. value the Europa League as much as he values the Premier League. And when when he it looks like he's a, he's a type of person that when he values something, gets a lot more cautious and mm. a lot more rigid um, and starts stressing about it when. Really, we're coming to the point now that it's, as it's not working, everyone should just relax and play shit or bus football. I'd love it if we play shit or bus football for the rest of the season. So just go for it, see what happens. Throw go the full, kids in. Um, Aussie yeah. Ardiles at Spurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, but and 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 what's what's going to happen next as well? If we don't start giving these kids chances, we're going to lose Balogun. Is that it'll be the next thing that will happen? You know, we're, we're going to prospect. There was a really interesting interview with with Jeff Rain Adelaide in 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 the French press today, and and he was talking about his time with Arsenal, um and and how he loved London and how he'd love to come back one day, and uh, and it sparked the conversation with the interview, and they said like, you know, what was your time like? And he said, oh, I had a lot of respect, and and Arsene Wenger did this, and we brought this, and and he kept saying about the style of play and how it gave him a a real grounding in his career, and once he you know he moved on, he moved back to France, but it gave him that that mindset of what it was like to be at a big club and represent a big club and knowing that he probably didn't take the chances he was given um, and he felt that he left Arsenal too soon. And and it kind of got me thinking, like, how many players that we sort of let go thinking they weren't going to make it would we have back in that team now? You know, you could have a front three of, of Adelaide, Serge Gnabry and, I mean, <laughs> any other, you know, just name any other player. But... I do that. That's my. That's the next concern. If 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 Balogun looks at this and goes, well, look, I've come into the Europa League side. You know, I've I've been really patient when I wasn't even being allowed to train with the first team. I'm now still being patient when I'm getting the odd 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. He's technically too good to be a reserve team player for too long. He's at the level Martinelli was at when he broke through. He's at the level Saka was at when he broke through. You know, we we need to be really careful about how we're managing this squad now. Um, and and having the careers we're managing, you know, what, why did we why did we keep Ainsley Maitland-Niles? What was the point? We needed what was it an extra five to ten million to sign Husamawa? 
well, we got offered 20 million for Ainsley Maitland-Niles and we said, nah, well, why? Why did we keep him? You know, we were offered a loan fee for, for Mustafi. Why did we keep him? We we left out Ozil because we wanted to have Pablo Marie in the in the in the Premier League. Oh, that was the story, you know, because we wanted to give Pablo Marie that spot. Well, you know, I think he's a perfectly good defender, but he's not going to play this side of Christmas. He's only just come back from injury. Why? It's just there's so many decisions that are, are, are just baffling. And and if we start losing young talent now as well. I mean, it really, it really is off a cliff then. Because we won't have money to buy new ones. No, and and why not coach? This is always my argument. Everyone says, "Oh, you know, we we've got to give him the window and we've got to give him time." I, I do get that because some of his signings were good. Gabriel was an excellent signing, but how you know, it shouldn't always be about a football manager style. You know, it sh- why not actually coach these players again to to mention Mourinho. Has it? You know, he went out and got Gareth Bale. The chimp barely gets gets a minute because he doesn't need him. You know, he got him, but he doesn't need him. He doesn't play him. You know, well, a bit of commercial element, I would suspect. But t shirts, yeah. And 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 what what did Mourinho do in the summer? He knew that he needed a left back and a and a shit house of a midfielder. And he went and he bought Pierre Emil Hoiberg from Southampton, who everyone went for. uh, Yeah, whatever. And now look at him, dominates their midfield. He went and bought Sergio Regulon, who Man United undenied about for, for several weeks before deciding no. And now he's one of the best left backs in the league. I hate saying that. I absolutely hate saying it. But he identified two areas and he went and signed them. And now look at them. You know, are they going to win the league? No, because it's Spurs and we all know what will happen. But you get my point. You know, it, it, you've, why not actually manage the team? And, and rather than trying to repair, you know, 50 different spots, why not go back to what, what worked when Arteta first came in? He made us strong. He made us hard to beat, compact, decent defensively, and then start to put things into place. But th- there is absolutely no point in signing a creative midfield player in January, in August, whenever, if you're going to play the, the way we're playing. Imagine imagine a creative midfielder with our crosses. I mean, <laughs> it'd be you know, neck strain. <laughs> Just, just go and buy Chris Woods, you know. If you're going to play that way, just, just, just see what John Artson's doing. You know, there's, there's no point. There's absolutely no point. And, and how do you sell that project to a player? Yeah, we want to bring you on to be our creative force. Okay, where do you see, where do you see me playing? Well, probably left wing, so you can ping some crosses in for Hector Bellerin. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. Thanks. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Raj. Do you think if um, our, we do lose the next few games, which I can't see us doing? And we do get a new manager in. What do you think the first thing that, uh, say the new manager starts on January 1st when you can re register whoever you want? What's the first few things the new manager is going to do at Arsenal? I think the first thing that a new manager would probably do is to, re- is to put Ozil back in the squad. Yeah. Because um, I don't know what's going on between Arteta and Ozil. I'm, I'm not a big Ozil fan myself anyway, to be quite honest. But we get to that point now that it's the, the way some of our players are playing that. It, it, it's probably worth putting him back in the squad just for the for the creativity that we are missing, you know. Uh, but I mean, a new manager, I don't think he'll be he'll, he'll have too much to do. He would be able to do too much in January because I don't think unless he starts selling players in January and then uses that money to to buy players, I don't think he's going to be able to do too much. But you'd you'd think that the, the new manager would have a bit more of a backbone and actually set that sort of squad straight and actually put down some ground rules on how to operate um, and. Uh, the big thing it would, it would do is, is, is bring Ozil back in. 
do you think he'll be allowed to, Raj? Do you think there's anything in this whole the club stopped him from registering him? Do you think there's more in it, or do you I think it is generally I, I wish I, I wish I knew what what the the, the reality <laughs> was, you know. But yeah, at the moment we've spent an hour speculating. You know, no one knows what's going on. It's mm, not so. just it won't be bringing Urzel back in because of the great player that he is. That that, that I don't think a manager would do that. They may be bringing hope that I mean he's only, he's only just gone thirty two, so I think that still means he's thirty one. And and so what you're gonna do? You, you, you bring Urzel back in. I mean, that player, I've said it so many times, Ozil and the way he, that he plays, he could boss that midfield for another four seasons at Arsenal to stand there in that half, pinging the balls around, getting assists, making everybody look good. That's that's what he does. And he could do that till he's 36. We've seen it with the players like Lota Mateus and, and Hullet and these other players. The older they get, they just drift a little bit further back, do a little bit less work. I mean, he's done fuck all since he was 30. No, no, new, man, no new manager will exclude Ozil from the squad. I agree. It's, it's a great PR move as well, isn't it? If you're a new manager, what's the first thing you do? I'll bring back the guy that, you know, n- none well, of us think that he's the answer, do we? Like, when, no. we, none of us are sat here saying, you know, he is the game one. He's going to turn yeah, around exactly. But 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 he w- he would at least give us something different. Yeah, like some vision. something that, that yeah, and and uh, and vision. You know, none of our I don't, I don't, I can't even the young players. I can't think of any. I just can't think of any any of our squad that that really offer that properly creative license. So, um, but yeah, I I, I I agree. If if there's nothing, if it's purely about football, then I can't. I can't believe we're already saying it. But we were all sat here oh, like God. six months ago saying, "As was not the answer. Get him out. He's a fraud. He's this. He's that." Can you can, he, can you bring me back in the podcast when we won three in a row or something? Yeah, see you in 2025 then. Your cat looks so yeah. happy, Raj. So, so the question is, um, but Urzel, you're going to bring Urzel back in, not necessarily for on the field um, to solve anything on the field, just general harmony of the club. But then Urzel isn't going to sign a new contract. I won't be surprised if at the end of his contract he does retire. But that's the first thing the manager is going to do it is, is, is probably re-register him, let him play, and then and then turn things around. But then... Ask yourself a question, people. We're 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 not down on Arteta. We're just maybe saying that he's a bit naive in the way that he does things. Arteta leaves Arsenal January. Who offers Arteta a job? Where where's his next job in management? Sure as fuck isn't going to be a Premier League team. It's not going to be a big team anywhere in the world, is it? He may get a mid-table team in Spain. Uh, he goes back to being a coach. He goes back to being a coach, or he manages a team where he's in his he's in his comfort zone. Yeah. He's not in his comfort zone at the moment, you know. I, I like the guys, as I keep yeah. saying over and over and over again, but he's just not qualified to do this job. And he's not helping himself. That that's that's the worry. It's it's well, he, yeah. he looks like there's no one in his immediate management circle that's giving him a kick up the arse and saying well, you're doing this wrong. He got rid of them all. all no the accountability. Yeah, there's no account. people brought in are his own people. So well, who, who does he report to? I mean, uh, I know he has a re- he reports to the board ultimately, but they're not they don't care. Well, Edu's his best mate, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, and and, and people people say that he, you know, that he he's made some good choices and, and that. And yes, he has. And and people are saying, oh, it's the board's fault. And blah. He was the one that sanctioned a deal, a three year deal for William. You know, that was the player he wanted. He he wanted that player <laughs> again, Chris. Twitter. Chelsea fans told us, don't fucking buy William. You don't want him. 
He's not a bad player. That's the yeah. thing. But yeah, it's almost like the minute they come to Arsenal, we've had so many Chelsea, you know, fishing around the bins for ex-Chelsea players. I don't even know whether we might as well just play in blue next season. He's not He's not a bad player. Well, he, but he's, he's not a bad footballer, but you, you can't... He proved the opening day of the season, we're all sat here going, bloody hell, three assists. He looks he looks quality. Did he play then compared to where he plays now? He plays in the 10. And, he was, and, and, and again, we went to Fulham, albeit they were shambles, but we played an attacking, offensive style of football. We took the game to them and we blew them away in 25 minutes. And I, I, I can't remember the last time we did that. And, and I was go back all the way back to the start of the podcast. Yes, we've improved our record against the, the bigger clubs. But how did we do that? By basically parking the bus and shithousing our way through the games. We haven't gone to Anfield and turned Liverpool over. We haven't gone to Man City at home. Man. Exactly. You know, and, and, th- and this, oh God, it makes, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> Burnley at home. Aston Villa, 3 we haven't won at Arsenal since, since the, the Battle of Hastings. Oh, God, Leeds away. Like, Leeds, Leeds were upset that they took a point from Arsenal. Mm. The last time Leeds were relevant, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank got the winner against us. That's the last time they were even relevant in our, in our society as Arsenal fans, you know? And, and they came and played us off our own pitch in the FA Cup and were un- unlucky to win. And less than a year later, their fans were upset that they didn't beat us. And, and, you know, but for one of those few games where Burnt Leno could actually catch a ball, we would have been beaten 3-0 up there as well. You know, Southampton must be sitting there going, fucking hell, lads, this is going to be fun. Southampton. We'll, probably, we'll probably beat Southampton then. That's, that's the way we play. We probably will. And, and all, will be, all will be well on social Theo. media. Theo is going to score. But it won't be, will it? And that, that's a really important thing to make. I mean, that, I don't know how much more we want to do, but that, that's a, a really good, important way to, to, to sum this up. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to sit here and be miserable if we win. Of course I'm not. But if we, if we, even if we win two or three of our next four, all is not solved. There's, there's a lot to do here. There's a lot of questions to answer. And we, our squad is, is in, in my opinion, far better than where it is in, in, in the Premier League. When I don't think we're a top six club right now. Well, we're certainly not a 15th in the table. I said, I said top four at the beginning of the season. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I, wa- I wanted so badly to, to get behind. Well, I'm not, it's not that I'm not behind the manager. And some people will listen to this and go, oh, fucking hell, he, you know, he's changed. He was the same guy who defended Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I was because Arsene earned that respect over the years. And, and, he, and he, he deserved to go out on his own terms. And he deserved to, to be given the time. And, and the respect that some people were, were just not willing to give him. You know, and I'm not saying Arteta doesn't de- deserve respect. He does. But as Raj said at the very start, you know, he's not experienced and, and he's learning on the job. The biggest club in London and he's learning on the job. That, that you can't be learn- he can't be learning on the job at most Premier League clubs. If Let alone really. one of our size. How many players championship clubs these days? How exactly. many players have come in at Premiership level as their first ever job? I think you can... Um, uh, Shearer did it at Newcastle, got him relegated. That went well. Um, Scotty Parker did it at Fulham, got him relegated. Who else? Where did Giggs manage before Man United? No one. No, he, yeah, that's he a good point. Yeah, he did very little there. Oh, that didn't work out very well either, did it? Yeah, I can't think of any others where soon they. Soonest soon, soon went to Rangers, didn't they first? Yeah, no, did he, he, yeah. 
Yeah, did he manage there? But that's God, that's another millennium ago. But do you do you, do you feel that every every time we have a loss, we're getting closer to the point where this is going to get fixed? Or do you think no, every time we have no. a win, it's getting closer yeah. to the point where we're going to get we're miles, we're, we're, we are miles away from get, fixing our current problems. Yeah. And we are a decade away from being what we want to be. What I mean by loss is the manager going. So every time we lose, we're getting closer to getting rid of Arteta. Yeah. Rather well, than every time we win, the whole it's situation. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. But as I say, it will be down to the board and it will be when they bottle it. Yeah. He when ain't walking away. Why a bit it? too close to the bottom for us to keep, keep this going. Yeah, he, he's he's not going to walk away, and 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 he, he shouldn't. Why should he? You know, he's he was he was given the keys to the castle. You know, we we basically opened our our living rooms to and said, you know, come in and father my children. I mean, he he was he was the great shining light. I I, I fully fully hold my hands up. I fell for it too. You know, I looked at it and I probably got carried away with the FA Cup win and everything and. You know, if if we hadn't have had a why, COVID, why do you think he was a shining light when he first joined the club? What was it, was it that something, thought something hey? different? It was something different, wasn't Were it? Were you so fed up with Emery that you thought, here we go, this is it, this is this is he's the one? I wasn't because <laughs> I, I I genuinely thought Emery actually was a well. I thought I still think he's he's a very decent manager, but the problem he had was that as long as he was being the minute he got ridiculed about the good evening, he was done. The minute the press and everybody else identified that he essentially was, I mean, he was, he, some, one of the players took the piss out of him, didn't they? That was it. He was done. He was he was limp then. But it's no coincidence he's gone back to Spain and he's got Villarreal in the top four. And he's just had four draws in a row there playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know. They've only lost one all season. Exactly. And and this is why the, the, the worry for me is, is Tuchel. Because PSG are, are, are not going to renew his, his new contract, and he's got Arsenal written all over him, all over him. Is he know? a strong manager though? Is he a strong individual? No. <laughs> no. That's the problem, isn't it? Then exactly, and then that's what worries me. You know, he's a, he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong, and you know, he was very very good before he got the PSG job. Um, you know, a good spell at Dortmund, but he's he's another guy that what Mbappe and, and Neymar run run that dressing room. You know, so what uh, what managers are out there that which has got who, who are very very strong, and who can Allegri. really? Sorry, Allegri, I guess is is the oh, one that imagine he's not going to come, is he? The amount of money he'd want, everyone would have to leave. Do you know what I? Th- I think I think he probably would actually. What's think, he waiting for though? Man United, Real Madrid, PSG. I think he, I think he just wanted some time away from the game. I'm not I'm not saying he uh, he would he would crawl over broken glass to be here, but. I, I, I think people forget how big a draw Arsenal as a club is. But there, there is still a, there's still an awful amount of, of draw for a club of our stature in London, in the Premier League. There's, there's a lot of big managers that would come. Could you Would you have ever imagined Jose Mourinho managing Spurs? <laughs> no. No. But what happened? You know, the one time that Daniel Levy, well, OK, borrowed a lot of money from, from the, uh, the public and uh, paid for it. <laughs> But um, you know, the one time that he finally admitted things were wrong, and and this is I do have to make this point. This is what worries me about all these people that are now falling at the feet of Pochettino. This is a guy who ultimately couldn't turn Spurs around the minute things went sour. What makes you think that he'll come in and change? Yeah, oh, he's great with young players. Blah 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 blah. When things went wrong for Spurs, he couldn't change it. No plan B. And let's just remind ourselves again, one fuck all and bottled the, the final. So, 
you know. I, I think he, I think he's waiting for United anyway. I think yeah. he's just waiting for you know what's his name to get sacked, Solskjaer to get sacked, and he'll be on his way to United. Yeah, I agree. In the next, in the next few weeks, probably. I agree, and I think I think we, if we had a decision to make, and and you know whatever that that may be, I think we we probably would. I think we probably have to go for a firefighter. We'd have to go with somebody to the end of the season and and sort of ride it out a bit. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they just chucked it at Steve Bold or someone of you know with the coaching setup now. He's having sport. a horrendous time with the under twenty threes. They're lo- I mean, most of the decent players are playing for the first team or involved for Europa League, and we'll see now. The Europa League has been stopped. Uh, has stopped until um, February March, whatever time it is. Then yeah. we'll see now that he has those players back if he can turn it around. But Steve Bold is not a manager. He's not a decent manager there. No, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if they just yeah. because again, it's the cheap option, isn't it? It's the easy yeah. option. It's the, it oh be. well, yeah, we didn't realise things wouldn't go so well for Arteta. So give us some time to find the right coach. I mean, Christ, how that board are gonna if if they don't back Arteta? I mean. <sighs> Can you we say board. We do know that it's the Cronkies, but we, we, but in football we always say the board because some people go, well, it's not a board. I mean, there's not a board. They don't vote, but yeah, we know you know what I'm, we mean. Yeah. Jeff Arson was right. Then three managers in two years and more to come. He was. He, he predicted that years he ago. I said that he in the did. last podcast. He did, and maybe we all just got carried away. You know, look at what's happened at Man United. These things take time. When you've got a manager like Ferguson or, or we had in Wenger, it doesn't happen overnight. I have a legacy. Klopp took four years to build Liverpool, you know, and 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 is already showing the strain. Having won that title, he's now showing the strain of carrying it on. It's, it's not big, easy. The big thing with Klopp was the board backed him for four years as well. Yeah, even Everything even when he had a, a you know a dodgy season and stuff like that, they knew what they yeah. got in with him, and they really backed him. And and you know, the dividends yeah. are there. And maybe, maybe but, we have. To but I don't think I don't think um, Arteta in four years' time will be winning the Champions League. No. Not with no, Barney, no. we won't. Uh, so, before we go... What a lovely uh, podcast that was, anyway. How <laughs> uplifting that was for you, Tuesday. Merry Christmas, listeners. <laughs> Have a lovely time if you're, if you're watching the Southampton game tomorrow. I know. As, as we we're, supposed to, we're supposed to keep everyone cheerful, you know. We're, we're, we're all suffering from mental fatigue from COVID and, you know, the, the stresses of, of work, you know, work or no work and stuff like that. And we've just presented an hour of hour and a half of utter misery kind of misery to everyone. So Danny, Merry Christmas, this, Happy New Year. You name this podcast the one with the link to Ferrero Rocher, please. <laughs> that, that you should the put show. the link up, actually. Give the link up yeah. to everyone. I think we've got to give something to the listeners, something positive. Yeah. So put, put the Ferrero Rocher link up on the Bergkamp Wonderland's announcement or whatever. We, I've not uh, named give them it something. We, we, yeah, trust me, I, I've, got, I've got 84 chocolates to eat now, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> Well, if, uh, the last thing we talk about a couple of minutes is uh, if we had to give Arteta a few bits of advice, two or three things, and he had to do them, or or two or three things that we have to do to, to make turn the club around, Raj, and then Chris, and then I'll do a quick one, what would you say? They, but they have to do it. Relax and don't be afraid of change. Hmm. And our mind would be... Uh, uh, put the kids in. Put the, put the kids in, mate. Lots of yeah. lots of free transfers, I'd say. Get rid of them. They're going anyway. Whether whether Erzul is he's going in the summer and you're not playing him to the summer, so why not give him all of his wages and get rid of him? Although I'd like him to come back and do do the magic that he can do, because but you need to get rid of him, Kalasnich and, and Mustafi and 
Klasnich isn't running out, is it? It's a Socrates. All those players, you're not going to play them. You've got to pay them. Fuck them off out the door. Maybe that'll help turn the dressing room. Chris? Um, I'm with Raj. Just just relax. Stop micromanaging everything. Trust that your players can do, essentially, not so much your instruction, but just trust the players. Give them some creative license. Stop crossing. Yeah, should we cross less? Yeah, should we cross <laughs> there less? You go. Should we That's the name of the show. Should we cross yeah. less? Just just for God's sake, <laughs> stop being so bloody uptight and, and, and just and try and bring some joy back, you know. Uh, just uh, we also trust the process. Well let your you, you've you've had eight months, let the players express themselves a bit. If we play good football tomorrow night and lose four three, so be it, you know? But if we go out and limp our way to another 2-1, 2-0 home defeat, you know, with, with David Luis up front and Martinelli in goal, I just, I can't be bothered. It's just not, it's not fun. Wasn't it one of you two that said at the start of the show, football is meant to do something that we do to relax, it's to simply yeah. be enjoyable, and it's not. It's supposed to be so an escape. It. No, it's, it's supposed to be an escape and an enjoyment. And yet, here it's we are, not. as Raj said, sitting on here, all, you know, providing basically counselling. You know, there's more, there's, there's bigger things going on in the world. No, I should always stress that point, but Christ, it'd be nice to just enjoy our football a bit, you know? And what a missed opportunity as well this season. There's so many teams beating everybody else. It is. What, it's a, a miss. But it's not too late, you know? We can still win the Europa League if we turn this around and, you know, Arteta can... Maybe he can turn this around, but as Raj said, we, we can't we can't hemorrhage more defeats. If we, if we I, I think he's got two more defeats in him. I don't mean like... You know, we could win twenty and lose two. I mean, if he loses another two in the next three or four, I, I, I don't think the board can. I think they've got an easy get out of jail free card to pass because the fans are turned now. I think it'd be quite easy for the board to get away with this again, and and say, look, you know, we backed him, we promoted him, we tried. It's just not working, unfortunately. You know, we've got to make a change. I don't think the fans would be against it. Right, Raj. Any words of wisdom for your flock before we go? No, I hope they all have a very nice Christmas and I wish them all a very happy 2021. Let's get 2020 out of the way because it's been disgusting. Um, and hope they keep listening to these podcasts because we're just doing it for a bit of fun, but hopefully they enjoy it, even tonight's one. So, um, yeah, my best wishes to everyone out there. No. Oh. Very good. That's from uh, from Raj and he's Giroud Lama. How is Giroud the Lama? He's all right, actually. Yeah. Good. Chris, any final words? Um, no, I'll just echo what, what Raj said. I'm sure we'll pod again before before Christmas, but it is only, what, a week and a bit away, which is mental, really. Yeah, week Friday. And take your um, vaccines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy into all the bullshit. Take your vaccines. But um, yeah, just hopefully everybody's safe and well. And, and just to repeat again, we're not. We're not doing the old, you know, certain other channels. He's out. He's a fraud. He's this. He's out. Oh, punch his lights. It's none of that. It's it's mm. it's a respectful way of saying we're not, you know, we're not particularly enjoying ourselves right now, and things need to change. And I, I hope things change in in the right way for everybody's sake, because what we're having to endure at the moment in terms of our hobby is quite miserable so yeah we, yeah. we, hope, we hope he changes and, and not the board making a change put it that way yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's not too late to to change your ways it's not too late because no. we have all the ingredients for a magnificent team we've seen yeah. it last season it's absolutely. still all there in fact if it's still all there plus gabriel there's yeah. enough there to make a 
a damn fine meal for everybody to get he, tuck in and love it. The shining lights, by the way, Gabrielle. And where did he come from? That's right, you guys. France. Oh, dear. I didn't actually oh, get from Brazil, but you know what I mean. I had to get it in somewhere, didn't I? <laughs> I did indeed. Where's my little... Uh... There's my little, there you go, people. Little banner across the bottom of the screen. Chris is just defending the French players again. Right, we, hour and a half. We wouldn't even win the Farmers League playing the way we are, just saying. <laughs> right, thank you very much, uh, Raj. Good to Chris. see you both. You've both been you wonderful. Too. It's always a treat to see Chris. I don't see, I don't see much of Chris these days. So, Someone say that's a blessing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We've, we've, had our, we've had our little rouse over the years and stuff but um, i've always backed you on some of the predictions that you've made especially from the french league i don't i don't really appreciate the piss taking you get for the for, about the french league to be honest because i always oh, listen to what you have to say about it <laughs> and more often than not, not you're right so i, I am I one can, of your few supporters i, I, Sorry, I appreciate listener. it i i can mix it with, i can mix it being off twitter is is actually uh it's quite refreshing because i don't get as much stick but yeah i, I don't mind i'll always have a debate with anyone mm. Okie dokie. Right, uh, dear viewers, listeners, and people doing neither, only 30% of the people who watch these on YouTube are actually subscribers. You have a 70%. You're freeloading scumbags. You need to sort your fucking lives out. On Sunday, we actually had 20 people subscribe to the channel. That's more than we got for the rest of the month. That's fantastic. I mean, the rest of the whole the month before that. So do us a little favour. If you like what you see, go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. Go and find us on um, Twitch and go and give us a subscribe there. If you've got Twitch Prime and you want to give us that, it costs you nothing. If you don't use it, Jeff Bezos sticks it in the bin. So then let, just tweet me and I'll all the podcast and I'll help you go through it. It's really easy. And then uh, yeah, a thumbs up if you like it, a thumbs down if you don't. And uh, we will see you tomorrow night after we get beaten 7-0 by Southampton. 9-2, 9-0. Was it less to beat them 9-0? Cool, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it was, nine yeah, nine nil. And and Jesus. and comments. Do you use the comment section on YouTube? They're always yeah. we always reply to our comments. We never we never mention that, but we do always reply. Well, we do, yeah. Tell us what you think about the show and how we can fix the uh, how we can turn the Arsenal gun around. How they can make Arsenal great again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a long old list of demands. Right. That is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow night after the Arsenal Southampton game. Be lucky. Treacle. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.